I just couldn't write anything I was happy with. And then I started looking at what other bands were doing, which is always a stupid idea. And then I just like got my creativity like muddled with like what was happening in modern music. And so it was just good. I took a break. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. And today's episode features Aaron's interview with Chris Ratzlaff, lead singer of Portland metalcore band Fallstar. Now, Fallstar first formed back in the year 2007, releasing four full lengths, starting with 2011's Reconciler, Refiner, Igniter on Come and Live Records, and their latest record is actually called Sunbreather. It was released in February of 2021 on Face Down Records. Now, in this interview, they talk about three uh, albums that influenced Chris, as well as a couple songs from the new record from Fallstar. They also talk about what the band, you know, was up to for the six years between their last two releases. If Chris could collaborate with any one artist, who would that be? And plenty more. Uh, It's a great interview. And before we get into it, just going to take care of some housekeeping, of course. Go follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at GrowingPunkPod. You'll find the links to our personal Twitters and Instagrams there as well. If you want to show some support, throw us a couple bucks a month. You can do so on Patreon. Uh, That's linked in our social media bios. I think it's set up general support for like two bucks a month or something like that. Keep us caffeinated, you know? Buy us a coffee every now and then. Um, We've also got merch up for grabs as well that you can buy. Again, that's linked uh, on our social media bios and in the show notes uh, for the show here. But without wasting any more time, let's get into it. This is Aaron's conversation with Chris Ratzlaff, lead vocalist in Discovering Fallstar. Yeah, so let's start by uh, talking about some some influences. I always like to hear kind of where musicians and artists come from, and there's always there can be such an array of influence, and that's what I love. You know, you can have you know a metal artist influenced by like you know whatever '60s pop, or is there such thing as '60s pop? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, whatever. But so yeah, I, it's cool to kind of hear. You know, how a musician takes, you know, a whole bunch of, of outside things and puts it into something unique. And so, yeah, that's the, the first album that you, you picked is Jimmy Eat World's Futures.
Yeah, I mean, this is such a classic album. Um, it's my favorite album by theirs, and and there's there's so much influence from a band like this. And you know, so this is a, a great example of you know a heavy band like Fallstar being influenced by you know more of a melodic rock band like Jimmy Eat World. And so mm-hmm. yeah, what what about um, this band and this album in particular kind of has influenced the way you write or kind of take in music and then put it out into something different? Yeah, <clears throat> I think. Um... Just the way they structure their songs is huge for me in this album and like the way they chase melodies too. So like when I hear a lot of their leads, like their guitar leads, it's always octaved. And like that's something that just made sense to me the first time I heard this at record and like I never let go of that. So every <laughs> fall star lead, I just always octave it. Like it has to be octaves and like I'll pan them or sometimes not. But um, that was huge for me. And then the choruses just have to be driving. So like every single chorus from that record is usually faster and they always hit harder and they're just always the highlight of every song. And like a lot of bands I grew up listening to don't always have the best choruses but like Mm. with this record every single song has just the best chorus and it's always the highlight of the song and for me that's just like is my goal and it has been i finally started like achieving that maybe in the last like few years of being able to like write choruses that i think are the highlight of the song as opposed to like a breakdown or something or other like i just want the chorus to be the best part of the song and so that whole record it hits it for me and like just their harmonies, um, like for the choruses, like I just do so much of what they did in that record. It's like my roadmap for anything. And so like even though we use like breakdowns or heavier parts or like hip hop parts, I still listen in the same way I listen to Futures where like there's it's like imprinted on my brain. So then I listen to our music while I'm writing. And then when I get to a part that I haven't written to it yet, I stop. And I usually think about, okay, what should come next? And I play it really loud with the lights off and I like pause it. And then I'm like, okay, what is my body doing? And it's usually like something like the same sort of rhythm or structure that those songs take on. And so that's just, I just give that album so much credit with like everything I do. Yeah, well, one of the kind of, I guess, the things you can kind of get away with, with being a heavier band influenced by not so heavy a band is you can kind of take that influence and shape into your own sound and it's not going to sound like that, right? Like people probably aren't going to listen to false star and be like, Oh, I wonder if they, if this part was taken from Jimmy world influence, right? Yeah. You can take, like you said, the structures or kind of the back end kind of things, or even the front, like a big chorus, which I mean, lots of bands do that. It's not necessarily, you know, just Jimmy world, but, um, so yeah, that's, that's cool to kind of bring those together. Is that a band that you would have been into kind of since, like their beginning or did you get into them kind of a bit later on? Yeah. I think I heard bleed American like my sophomore year of high school. And then I never, I hate all of their records before that. So like static or whatever. And then, um, I forget there's like polarity or something like that. Or Clarity. Clarity. And yeah. Yeah. I, I hate those records a lot. Cause I think that's, they were still like slower and like my first original like music that I liked was punk. And yeah. so like that from that bleed American record on to maybe a couple after that, they still like go like halftime for a lot of their choruses. And it still has, like, it was easier for me to get into it from a punk background than being like 
like when I went back to listen to their old records, I was like, this sounds old and terrible and I hate it. So like, <laughs> it's just, it's just that one little window and some of their stuff they make nowadays is good too, but it doesn't have that like thick production that it did for like, you know, a few albums after bleed American. Yeah. Well, I, I can just hear like, uh, the hate from people saying not being into those earlier albums, but I, yeah. I'm the exact <laughs> same. Like, I when I got into music, it was punk, it was fast, energetic, mm-hmm. and I had friends that listened to those first few albums, and it was just like I can't do this. And then yeah. I can still remember where I was at a friend's when uh, the music video for Bleed American came on, and I was just like, "This is the same band." Like it had like that, mm-hmm. you know, just a way more driving sound, and and then I was able to get into them. So yeah, you know, don't don't feel alone in that. I'm sure there's lots of. Um, purists that would you know grind their teeth to hear someone say that but yeah it's it's just kind of how it is it's no diss obviously to to the band or those albums but i do feel like they definitely kind of came into their own kind of classic sound you know mm-hmm. later on those albums so yeah that's awesome yeah let's yeah. move on uh, to the next one so you picked uh, pod satellite Lost, we lie awake, don't hesitate. When opportunity 
another uh, you know classic for for that for that time period. I still remember seeing them live then, and it was, POD was one of those bands that you know kind of growing up on punk and then getting into heavier stuff. Like now, I probably wouldn't get into POD if it was a band that I would listen to now. But back then, like they still, you know, they kind of came from that punk world a bit. You know, some of their mm-hmm. older albums, you know, definitely have that influence and just their DIY ethic. And and so, yeah, this album, I mean, it was just cool to see a band that, you know, it was weird. It was like, man, I've known this band, you know, for three, four years. And now all of a sudden they're on TV and like my friends at school yeah. know who they are. And that was probably my first um, kind of whatever you want to call it where it's like oh other people kind of know of this underground music you know mm-hmm. now they're getting really big and so yeah why tell me about your your love for this album and kind of how it's influenced you yeah i i'm the same way so like me and my little brother got into them because we would go shop for music at the christian bookstore and so like they had snuff the punk and brown but you yeah. could listen to them first so we bought those and we thought they were super dope um and then when uh, Southtown came out, like I bought that right away and I was like, this is amazing. How can this get better? And then when Satellite came out, I was like, oh my gosh, these other albums aren't good at all. Like <laughs> Satellite, <laughs> Satellite's yeah. the best record they will ever write, Like, which I think it was. But like it just, um, the way they got Sonny to sing and like his melodies are just so good and simple. Yeah everything's so simple like um and marco's like the guitar parts they're so easy so like when i was like playing along with those records i was like geez like you don't have to write like really crazy because i was also really influenced by like darkest hour august burns red in high school but then so listening to satellite and like playing along with them like i you don't it doesn't have to be crazy or super fast to be good like it's just really simple music and that record, they still have a ton of punk stuff, like just dirty, fast. And like, it felt like there was like maybe five songs that were like commercially viable or something in some way. Like, I believe they l- enjoyed writing them and stuff. But yeah. the rest just seemed like fun, like shit that they were like, oh, dude, let's put this dirty ass punk song with like a reggae beat in it somewhere or just like really slow it down and put strings in it just a wild ride and i i felt like it was just bursting with creativity yet like some was so polished but some was just like for shits you know like they knew no not a lot of people would like it but they still put it on yeah. as they wanted to it, it just seems like such a good artistic expression of a record yeah is it is our pod a band that you've kept up with or was it this kind of album kind of one and done or not one and done. I guess you were into them before, but yeah. did you kind of fall off or, you know, losing Marcos did that, you know, affect it? You kind of was love for the band. Big. Yeah. I, th- I think they lost him the next record after. And it was like, there's some songs on that next record. I forget what it's called that are really cool, but it completely lost that sound that I was into. Like it took him that long to achieve it. And then, when he was gone, those records I think suffered a lot. I list I've listened to everything they've put out, and they've like I know he's back and stuff, but it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. I think it kind of stopped for me after that one. Like I still listen to every record like one or two times, and I save some songs here and there. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's such an interesting dynamic with bands like them, and they're not you know the only ones where. You know, they kind of have a hit record or, you know, it just comes out the right time and really connects mm-hmm. with people. And then everything after is kind of not bad by any means, but just doesn't hit the same. 
Yeah. And I always kind of like feel bad for bands like that, even though I'm sure they're happy creating, you know, whatever they are. But, you know, this has come up a few times on the show where, you know, you have a, you know, a single or a specific record and, you know, how as a band do you, you know, you don't just always want to be chasing that. You want to kind of progress and do something else. And, you know, you can't always guess those things. Lots of that just kind of happens. So it's, yeah, it's such a, um, an intriguing part of music just kind of how certain things just kind of happen and sometimes bands can you know keep that going like uh comeback kid is a band like that for me or you know their newest one came out and it's just like it still just hits as hard as everything else they've done and you know or like bands like august burns red and and Mm -hmm. so maybe that's easier when you're in kind of a more specific genre whereas pod like you said is like you know there's the punk there's the reggae, the rock, kind of all those different things, and maybe it's hard sometimes knowing really what to lean into. So anyway, it's just kind of random thoughts on that. Yeah. It kind of feels like they, like, because they were, for the next two albums after that, maybe the next three, they still had, like, great production and, like, all that stuff was going for them, but it just was that sound was gone. And then it feels like now they're just doing whatever the fuck they want and, like, they're having fun and, like, it sounds cool stuff, but it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the third one is Project 86, Songs to Burn Your Bridges. One last disguise. Game. Of the stage, it works so hard, a billion and a 
yeah, this is a band that I, I still remember the first time seeing a picture of them in a tooth and nail like catalog and it said coming soon <laughs> and had a picture of them and i just assumed it was going to be a punk band because they just you know back then i didn't have as much context for you know i just saw the band i was like oh they you know i'm assuming it's a punk band on tooth and nail or i think it was being released on beck but you know same kind of thing to me back then and then that first album came out and it was just like oh this is not what i expected at all and again i didn't have as much context for music back then and uh, so anyways, yeah, they, I was really into that self-titled and uh, Drawing Black Lines and then Truthless Heroes. And then this is the album that I was still into a bit, but I was kind of starting to fall off and get into like a lot heavier stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just went back to it this week after you picked it and I was like, oh, there's, there's some really good songs on this. And so I, I added it on Spotify and I'm going to go back and, and re-listen because it's, it's been oh, a nice. while. But <laughs> yeah, why, why this one for you? Um, I feel like this, this one... This is like the same time as I was just blasting like futures. I think had come out. I was in Kenya for a long time, and so I brought. So someone from South Africa happened to have the new Fu- futures album, so I traded him, um, Bleed American for it or Bleed America for it, and so I listened to futures there. And then my buddy brought this Project Eighty Six one. It had just come out, but I had missed it. And so I listened to that there too. So that period of time, I wasn't able to make music, but I was just listening to a lot. Okay. But yeah, that one is also just peak Project 86 for me. It's like all the stuff I wanted from their last albums concentrated. Like, and I think what really stands out is just the songwriting. Like the dynamics are really strong. Like it's very clear when you're in a verse, when you're in a chorus and when you're in a bridge and like the simplicity, like of how the guitars are written and everything. Also, this record, um, Randy Torres does a ton of like single string stuff hmm. where that was not super like like some bands like Falling Cycle would do that like on the low string and stuff. But this was like more of a rock and roll style, like single string. And it's just so aggressive. And he does it in a lot of the songs. And I had never experimented with that before. So that opened up a huge world for me because that's like a go-to that I use all the time. It's just the single string down, da, 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 like that kind of yeah. feel. And um, yeah, the singing, I don't know, just so much was good. And there's some really creepy shit on that one too, which I really love because they're not even like my favorite songs, but I love that they still put in those weird ass songs in the records and it just works. It like gives you a break or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's in the, yeah, I didn't really keep up with them too much after this. I've kind of gone back and I kind of feel like they kind of lost, maybe they lost some members or kind of lost their sound kind of a bit later on. But yeah, I'm not sure if, if you kept up with them or not. But Yeah, it's the same with POD. Like I listen to everything they do. But um, Randy and Dale, or Steve, I forget, is it Steve Dale? Steve Dale. They left like right during Picket Fence Cartel. Or like okay. right before that was written, and that one, su- that one, <laughs> I didn't like that one, and yeah. I haven't liked the record since. But like up till then, I didn't like their first album very much either. I started at Drawing Black Lines, okay. so then when I went back to listen to their self title, I thought it was too slow. It was yeah. like, too- and I didn't have like the context of Rage Against the Machine or the new metal stuff like Limp Bizkit or Corn. Like I wasn't allowed to listen to that stuff, so I just didn't get where they were coming from or what they were being influenced by. I yeah. still don't like it now. It's like if you if you 
if you don't watch Jurassic Park as a kid and then you watch it as an adult, it sucks. So like, that's how it is for me with that first album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. That's how I am with like Marvel. I didn't grow up reading comics or anything. So I just don't get, it's like, it's all just kind of the same stuff. I don't know any of the backstory or whatever. Yeah. It was harder <laughs> to get into, but you know that I, I kind of liked, you know, like when their first one came out, like with the lack of context, like maybe I had internet, probably not when that came out. But I was just hungry for new music. So even if it wasn't exactly what I kind of wanted, it was like, well, this is still new and it, it's kind of different and it's engaging mm-hmm. enough that I still listen to it a ton. And then it wasn't until kind of years later where it's like, okay, you start getting more access to music or, you know, your CD collection grows and it's like, oh, okay, like you kind of have a bit more to kind of reference it. So, yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> just funny to, yeah, so I'm glad you picked releases that, that I'm very familiar with and and have memories with that's cool and that from that album the um burning build it burn whatever bridges like there's two records at like and the rest will follow and rival factions and those yeah. are incredible too like those are awesome records like and truthless heroes is so freaking it has my favorite yeah. song ever written on there it's that um oh i forget what it's called something boring like in the end all you sold us was boredom it's or something let me look it up real quick yeah yeah it's like the best song i've ever heard and they played it um live like one of the times i've seen them and it's such a like a weird sleeper song but they closed the show with it which makes me think it's not a sleeper song i don't know that's cool but it was another boredom movement it's like the best song ever written it's so freaking cool yeah, so I, yeah. I really like that band. Yeah, yeah. I went uh, just in the last year. I went back and listened to Truthless Heroes, and was like, man, there's some like really banging tracks on here. Mm-hmm. And you kind of you can tell they kind of got into their groove of you know who they were as a band and what they were going to sound like. And so yeah, pretty pretty unique band. And I mean, I don't yeah. know if I ever really hear anybody talking about them kind of you know outside of the kind of Christian circles or whatever. And which is kind of too bad because I feel like they yeah. have a lot to offer. Um, but I guess maybe if you're into corn or Deftones and that, maybe that's way better. I don't know. I've never really been into corn or Deftones, so yeah, I, I, I really, that's... really hate corn and Deftones. Okay. I like Limp Bizkit, but I, <laughs> I can't stand those other two bands. I don't know why. I've tried. Yeah, so. yeah, that's well, all good. Yeah, well, let's yeah. move into uh, some some Falstar stuff. So yeah, thanks for for sharing those. Like I said, it's cool to hear kind of what inspires uh, the music that we're going to talk about. So, uh, yeah, there was there was almost like a six years in between, you know, your newest album, Sun Breather, and your last one. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you were involved with some other musical projects. You know, what did that time away from Fall Star, or maybe you weren't away from it, but um, what did that kind of look like, and what inspired you to do um, another Fall Star album? Yeah, I, I think it just took so long because I was really depressed. And, like, also I, I wasn't able to write songs. Cause like I'm a, I'm a very active songwriter, and I think I, yeah, I I was just writing so much garbage, and it just so I was like, well, I guess I'll just try and do something different because I I like all kinds of music. So then I did this Northlander album. Yeah, yeah, it's like kind of slower, rocky, clean guitars, but still some heavy parts and kind of spacey. So that was really easy to write, which is funny because I was writing heavy. And then I think I was just discouraged with the record we put out in 2015. Oh, I love I that thought one. It was, I know. Yeah. I thought it was so cool and so unique. And like I put so much work and thought into it. And it just kind of like 
didn't really get the coverage or like the you know like the it wasn't received as well as I thought it should have been and I was like well if this didn't take like should I just be doing something different or like I just I was like I don't want to do anything different though so I just like I just I just couldn't write anything I was happy with and then I started looking at what other bands were doing which is always a stupid idea and then I just like got my creativity like muddled with like what was happening in modern music and so it was just good I took a break did the Northlander album and that was super easy to write like I wrote all the songs super fast yeah that's cool fun yeah and then I did this other record um Cobra Cobra with yeah. this, just a friend he uh he just wanted me to sing over some like legacy metal type stuff but he was like no screaming and so that was fun and then i went to write excuse me the next fall star one and i scrapped whatever 55 songs i wrote for yeah, that's crazy. the new album yeah and then i wrote a bunch more and it was a lot easier so i just needed to like clear my creative palette somehow and I got on drugs, which helped a lot, like on like antidepressant or SSRI medication, which helped a lot. And then it was just a busy time in our life. Like my kid was born and he's like autistic. So we were just having Mm. so much like trouble, like figuring out how to parent him. And so that was taking a lot of my brain space. And then we were like adding on to our house. So we were like, we bought this like 700 square foot house, but then we were living in my wife Tiffany's parents' basement for two and a half years while we were like working on the house and we were building it every day. And so it was just like extremely busy and depressing and <laughs> it was really hard. So I think all that just made it take a really long time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's good insight. And yeah, I mean, a few things from there. Um, why do you think that, that, that last fall star album didn't connect? Like I know it was, like it was on a different label. I'm not sure if that was like your guys' own label, or maybe just didn't have the same promotion. Or because every when I go back and listen to it, like it's it's an awesome album. It sounds like Fall yeah, Star, you. and you know thank the production's you. good on it. So yeah, any kind of insight into that, or was it just one of those things that just kind of the way it happened? Yeah, yeah. We we self released it, and like yeah. I mean, the people who support us, like who have been like helping us pay for our records, like because we crowdfund or we have been crowdfunding and like they were all super supportive about it but it just like all the reviews we got were really bad <laughs> and like for press and stuff and like um it just wasn't playlisted for anything and like and we weren't able to get on like bigger tours and stuff too like we had saved up a bunch of money to try and buy on bigger tours and everything and like we just couldn't get like everything was a no like from when that record came out which was really rough because i was yeah i was super happy with it and i felt like the people who like are super close to us and support it have been stuck with us for a really long time really liked it too but yeah i don't know just wrong time or yeah well it kind of goes back to what we were saying you know about pod where so much about music is oftentimes has nothing to do with the actual music right like it's it can be great production, great songs, but if it's just not you know the right style at the right time or whatever it is, like maybe maybe a, a book booking guy doesn't like the way you guys look, or right, yeah. it could probably be like so like yeah, I don't I don't know, they don't look like they'd be good for this or that, or so that yeah that, that part is frustrating, you know, as a musician when you put so much into something and you know so much of it is out of your hands, which is mm-hmm. you know kind of the unfortunate part about it. Yeah. But yeah. yes, well, yeah, I'm glad uh, 
you were able to kind of get back. Yeah, I remember when the Nor- Northlander, that's what uh-huh. it was called. Yeah, yeah, when that came out, I was kind of like, oh, like, because I saw the picture and I was like, oh, this like looks like the Fall Star guys, but it's something different. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, honestly, it's not as much my style as, as Fall Star. And so, you know, I listened to it a few times and, you know, just personally didn't connect with it as much. And then, and then you guys kind of announced that you know the Full Star was doing another album, so it was kind of like, oh, so they are still a band. Like I was a little kind of confused that how did that all kind of play into it, you know? Because Northlander was on Face Down, like you said, the one previously wasn't, and then the new Full Star is again. Kind of what were some of the dynamics, kind of you know, going back and forth um, with all that? Well, with our <clears throat> first record on Face Down, it just didn't sell like at all. Or not very well, backdraft. Yeah. And so we didn't get an offer for a second uh record. Okay. But I think Jason would have put it out. Cause like I was just I just thought because he didn't offer us a second one that he didn't he wouldn't want to ever work with us again. But since so but it it probably would have worked to put it out on FaceTime. I just didn't talk to him about it and that was with northlander too like we put it out by ourselves and he's like oh i love this record so much i was like you should put it out and he's like but it's already out and then we talked it over and then he put it out and so like under the model we do now where we just raise our own money for recording like i don't see why we would ever not put it out with face down anymore because they don't take a huge risk like for recording costs and then but it's very helpful having them for the release process and like publicity and like even distribution, like people say, oh, you got distribution for like CD Baby. It's just as good as anything. But they, there's a lot more with distribution from like an actual label and access that they have. And we really saw the fruits of that, like for this last record. Yeah. Playlisting and stuff, which is really important. So, yeah, well, merch sales and, you know, just yeah. some of those things that, that add a lot to, you know, to what a band, you know, their income and just their, their reach and, so yeah, that's yeah. I'm really glad yeah. you guys are able to to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, and we like I'll, we'll never break up. Like, there's no reason to. So like, we'll just make records till I die at least, and then <laughs> hopefully Face Down is down to put them out and stuff. But yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so your newest album, Sunbreather, was released uh, just about a year ago. I'm um, on Face yeah. Down. This album ended up being in my top ten of the year. I absolutely love the variety of sounds oh, no and way. styles and dynamics on this album and. And uh, and that's kind of unique for me because I can be pretty picky at times with music, um, you know, especially if there's some influences that I maybe like don't get, like you were saying, like the kind of some of the hip hop stuff, which mm-hmm. which I can hear, but it's at least to me it's subtle enough that it doesn't like bother me or it's like oh that's kind of cool and then you know it it changes fast enough and mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean the album just flows so well despite various ups and downs musically and. So I commend you on being able to write, you know, like really heavy songs and then more melodic, catchy ones and just different influences. And so, yeah, I've I've gone back to this album so many times and and I yeah I, I love it. So yeah, for those Dude, kind of thank you <laughs> yeah for those discovering you for the you know maybe for the first time or who just uh, got into this album, what do you kind of hope people will walk away with you know after listening to an album like this? Yeah, I would say like if you're just listening for the first time, just listen to all of it. I know it's a big ask, but there's a lot of different sounds you'll hear. And it makes sense if you hear all 11 or 
12 or I don't know how many songs are on it, but if you hear all of them together, it makes sense. So like if you did, I really like that we put the first song Chroma first because it's just so wacky and weird. And I think that just explains like what our band does, <laughs> but also just don't listen to just that song. Cause then like, there's a lot of other different places you can go with the album. Yeah. So yeah, I would just tell people to listen to the whole thing and it's, it should be a ride. Like it should be at least interesting. Like, yeah. 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 Like I said, I, I definitely get that vibe from it, you know, different ups and downs and well, so it kind of went into the creative process with this. So you did the Northlander album, you know, maybe you kind of got out, you know, some ideas that were different and then, you know, were you just kind of itching to get back into a heavier groove or how did these mm-hmm. songs kind of come together and the recording process for it as well? Yeah. Um, I think in total I wrote like 60 something songs for it. Wow. So this is the best of those. Yeah. And then, um, I got into baritone guitars, so it was all recorded on a 27 incher. And that was like right when I started messing around with different tunings and stuff. Cause we've always gone lower and lower every album. And so this album, like the lowest we had gone before was like a sharp with um, future golden age. And then this one, I was like, ah, well, I kind of want to try other ranges. Like, so then we got, went down to F sharp for this one. And it was just, it's just, just fun. Like people say you can play the same shit, like in standard that you can in like drop a or something, but it's not true at all. There's like tonal differences that just hit and resonate so different. It's, it's like, yeah. And so I was, I just enjoyed experimenting with that and it can make, it can really change the song a lot. So I, I used, I'd never used this before and it saved me so much time, but I, I record everything in logic. And so I just have been using the transpose button. So I record everything in drop a, and then just pitch it down, pitch it down until I hear what oh, I like. Cool. feel like something I can sing over. It's like incredible technology. Hmm. Like you can just mess with, Oh, I want to hear it in a different key and keep going down, down, down. And it's, it's everything I do now. Like, it's awesome. You just keep yeah, putting it down until the strings are just loose and it's just nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a point you shouldn't go lower then. Yeah. I, I, I hit that with this new, new one that I'm recording right now. I just finished guitars and bass. I think drop E is the lowest I want to go. But. Okay. So you like you do the majority of the songwriting or how does that work yep. kind of with band dynamics? Are you guys all around the same area where like you get in a room together or how, how does that work? No. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I can't do it. I would love like it sounds so romantic to like write in a room together and we did our first two albums like that, but I just the songs weren't as good. Like it's mm-hmm. just I I enjoy writing with a computer and now yeah, I'm the only guy who writes music for us and then i send it to the dudes for like feedback or ideas and stuff and then morgan will do the drums um over midi and so i just make the whole album in this little room yeah well that's awesome yeah Yeah, i mean it's it's such a different you know years ago you kind of just had to get in a room together Mm -hmm. and uh now yeah like you know you can have a bit more time and space to do it and you know, and, and some, I mean, I, I know lots of bands still love to get in a room together and just kind of feel the energy off each other. And it, maybe that works great for some. And, and for others, it's nice to have that, that option to, to not have to do it like that too. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I, I think you have to have the right personality to like work with people. I'm just not good at working with other people. 
like I've just found that in my life and like in my job. Like I don't work with anyone when I do my day job. Like yeah. it's just me. Like I just need to be the person doing it. And I get much more inspired and like I can take space. Like I don't stress about stuff. Like if a part of the song, if I know it's wrong, or like not where it should be, like I'm not like constantly trying to like fix it or something. I'll just like sit on it and it eventually comes to me. So I don't have to like battle it out with someone. I just, it sounds awesome and very romantic to write music in a room with a band of people. Like it sounds like so cool. And I wish I could be a part of that, but I just don't think my personality lends to it. I just have to accept it. Yeah. And it's better to recognize that than try to force it and just deal with the frustration and fighting or arguing. Like, Right? Yeah. It's better just to be like, this is what works best. Like, you know, kind of take it or leave it. And so, yeah, good yeah. on you for that. Yeah, let's, well, let's uh, change gears a little bit here. Let's talk about some uh, collaborating. So I'm not sure if you guys have ever done kind of any major collaborating uh, with other artists or, yeah, I just always love hearing if you could have someone, you know, work with you or you work with someone else, kind of who would that be, you know, whether it's from this scene or, from a different music scene. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I've done, I guess I've done some collaborations because that Cobra Cobra album was yeah. a big collaboration. There was a lot of like fighting and stuff in a good way. It was fine. Like it was just me and another dude. Um, and I didn't get my way for a lot of it, but it was fine. Cause it wasn't like my project. Right. Like I didn't have to sign off it on it or anything. But that was a good growing experience. And then I did this song with this band, 09. Um, it's just two dudes, and they write the songs, and then they have a different singer on every song. So okay. they put out a record. They had, like, big guys on there. Like, they had um, Corey Brandon and Matt Mullins. Oh, and, is that, um, all, like, on streaming yet? Yeah, it's everywhere. And it did not get any hype. Oh, and it's, how do you spell like, that? <laughs> oh, nine. <laughs> Zero nine. Just, oh, that's it? Okay. <laughs> is it? is a horrible name for like seo and shit like that yeah oh cool i'm gonna check that out thanks yeah it's a really good record like every single song is good but um yeah i collaborated with them on that and that was pretty good like i just wrote a ton of different versions of the song and then they picked what they wanted for verse okay. chorus chorus well, cool. and stuff. so that worked really well so we weren't like pulling on ideas it was just like i gave them a ton to pick from and then but that was super positive. But I think if I if I had to choose someone to collaborate with, it would be like like inside the scene, it would be someone like um like Drew Falk or like Will Putney or like some of those big producer guys that make a lot of the modern popular metalcore right now. Yeah. So like, you would be drawn more towards like the production side of collaborating versus, you know, a guest vocalist or yeah, a guest oboist definitely. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny yeah. G or something. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And like not necessarily like I'd want to make a record that way. It's just I would want to hear what it sounds like. Yeah. Like to have a song go through the wash like eleven times and have one of those guys put it out. It would just be interesting. I would want to hear that. Yeah. But it I, doesn't I don't seem that far off of that happening. Or maybe it does it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're really expensive. <laughs> yeah. But maybe once maybe one song. I don't know. It could be fun. Um, but if I was to do someone outside the scene, I do like one of those screamo rappers like Tokyo's Revenge or like Scarlord, like one of those dudes. Because okay. I know I could write a filthy beat like and then I would just have them rap over it. I think that would be so fun. Yeah, that's that's a bit out of my world. I, I don't even recognize those artist names. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's funny. It's like 
I mean, it's definitely out of my world too. Like I, it was just suggested on, um, I don't know why I was listening to that kind of stuff, but like listening to that kind of, I'm not a hip hop guy. I don't like hip hop because I, I need guitars and stuff, but for some reason with those newer, like screamo rappers, it just has that feel of like hardcore or like, it's just so frantic and like chaotic. Like I really like it, which is weird because I'm, yeah. I don't like it. Like, and I really don't like, yeah, I can, I, my list of don't like stuff. Like I have very stark boundaries in music. Like I hate so many things. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm with like, you on that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's good. Cause then you know what you like and know what you want to do. Yeah. Like, how do you think that, that style specifically, like that screamo rap, how do you think that came together? It just seems like two such different, I guess so even with the whole emo rap thing, I don't even, again, I don't know much about that or I don't even have much tolerance for that kind of stuff because it just, just like, yeah, it just kind of seems like a fad. It's going to be here, you know, three, four, five years and then it's just not going to have any lasting value. But I just don't understand how those kind of worlds collide and. But I guess it's the same as, you know, someone like you being influenced by Jimmy Eat World and you turn it into heavy stuff. So I guess it could be the same for other things too. So. I don't like emo rap though, like Little Peep or like Post. I don't know if Post Malone is, but yeah. I hate that stuff. I hate that so much. I need it to be like them losing their minds over like a gross trap beat, and like for some reason it, they just have to be screaming and like losing their minds and saying like the worst shit, and it just sounds so like crazy. I just need it to sound crazy, and I don't think hip hop sounds crazy, so that's why I don't like it. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. No, that's. Yeah, like I said, something I don't know a whole lot about, but that's cool just to, <laughs> to hear how it influences you and in one way or the other. But yeah, let's bring it back to uh, to Fall Star for a bit. Let's talk about a few songs from, from this album that you kind of think best represent the band. And um, so the first one, well, let's, uh, let's go in order here. Let's go with uh, King Laser first.
These two songs, I mean, they're they're right after each other, uh, but quite yeah. <laughs> different sonically, which again I think is really cool. I was just listening to them a few times uh, b- before our call here tonight, and it was just like, man, that's you know, it's so cool you can have these two songs back to back, and it works, but just such different vibes to it. So, <laughs> yeah, what about King Laser? It kind of stands out to you. Um, I love the music. Like the guitars are all that single note, like da da da. It's just such a thick tone from just one string those were like i think they were like 90s 90 gauge strings so they just got that big woody dong like hollow dong sound um and i i like how fast that one was like i wrote that one maybe like 15 bpm slower and i just kept speeding it up and speeding it up and i was like oh it's got to be fast and then i it took me a while to like rehearse it to be able to play it that fast because the strings are so wobbly at that tension and stuff yeah yeah but it's yeah i like how fast it is and like it's got that hip-hop vibe to it and then the gang vocals i really love like big gang vocals yeah it's just such a hardcore thing and like i I like putting that in the songs and it's like easy to sing to i think the lyrics are cool because it's like just jesus overlaid over modern civil issues (laughs) so like so i thought that worked really well and there's just lots of fun little things to do experimenting wise, like with my voice, that da, 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 like just weird, weird stuff. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I, I remember when I think it was a lyric video that uh, when the song was released that went with it and just like, man, like, yes, this is so, so glad fall stars back and just such <laughs> a banger of a track. Yeah. And then kind of shifting gears and sound waiting. Can't speak it more. 
So this is, I mean, I can in a song like this, I can definitely hear, you know, like the Jimmy Eat World influence with, mm-hmm. you know, kind of some of the the more kind of lead guitar parts, and you know, it's a lot more open and soaring, and so mm-hmm. how I mean, even before kind of sharing about the song, like how do you find, you know, the dynamic of writing, say these kind of two songs, like with a song like Waiting, is it just like okay, there's not going to be any breakdown or heavy parts, like do you go into it? kind of knowing kind of where it's going or how do you kind of place that with, you know, just having a different sound? Yeah, I think it, I, I don't really judge what I write. So like, I don't give like a lot of forethought to the idea of how it might fit. I'm just, I just like to see the song through at least mm. the skeleton of it. And then like, I'll judge later once it's more fleshed out. So like, yeah. So like I was, I had most of the record written and this was like, I needed a couple more songs. And I was like, I swear I had a really cool chorus somewhere on my phone, (laughs) but I can't find it. Somewhere in those 60 songs. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, I just, my, I have thousands of notes in my phone and I try and organize them a little bit. So one day I just went through all of them and it was like from like a year ago, I finally found it and it was the, Hey, and I was like, yes, that's it. So then I started fleshing that out and, it just made made sense to just because I then I then I got a verse idea in my head and I was like okay well I I don't need anything really heavy for that I could just do some palm muted um, chugs for the verse and then yeah the bridge on that is really nice too because a lot of that record the bridges are like very their own thing or stand out or long or something like yeah. that. Um, but I was really like, man, this chorus can just stand on its own. Like, I'm just going to do for the bridge, I'll just do eight bars of a screecher chord and then go back into the chorus again. Like, I've always wanted to do that. And I mm. hear a lot of pop artists do that. And it's like, <laughs> like the like, don't bore us, get to the chorus. But I was like, I really kind of like that idea. I think it's fun. So I just went right back into the chorus and it, it seems to work. But I was just laughing doing it. I was like, <laughs> This is 16 <laughs> bars, eight bars of something, like just little screecher, barely a solo, and then right back into like, you know, 24 more bars of chorus or whatever. Yeah. Well, and it works good. And, yeah, like it's, 
You know, when it, when you have a song structure like that or a sound where it is the kind of more soaring, like I feel like there is a bit more freedom to kind of just you know change it up a little bit and just kind of let you know what's going to happen kind of happen. So yeah, yeah that's yeah, <laughs> great song, really cool uh, music video too. Any um, kind of thoughts on to the concept of that or who kind of came up with the creativity for that? Yeah, I I thought of I shoot our music videos. So okay, like, all I right just, on. Like, I put it on a tripod, like for the, the full band shots are tricky because I put it on a tripod and I try and add like motion in post or like for my single shots, like I'll just be like, okay, Brian, you hold the camera and you move in this perimeter and I'll measure out and mark it on the ground. I'm like, don't move beyond that because then you'll get out of focus. So like, right. I teach him how to use the camera for my parts. But yeah, I was just like, I, I need something. I love space travel and like, I like the idea of future stuff and i was like what if i could get a spaceship and then i called all my creative friends and i was like can do you know anyone that could like cgi me a spaceship or something and one of my friends knew a guy in idaho that did it and he's like and so we talked it over and he sent me some ideas and i think i paid him like 300 bucks like he was just like dude don't worry about price this is just fun for me and i was like okay good because i don't have any money yeah <laughs> and then we just like he taught me how to like blue screen it and do all this stuff for it and then uh my friends jenny and joe were the actors in it and i yeah it was really fun making that idea i just wanted it to be some sort of vague about like separation or leaving and then the space travel just seemed perfect because then when you see the spaceship you're like what where's that come from yeah and i did the space travel scene like in uh my daughter's nursery because she has the blackout blinds oh, yeah, yeah. that i just covered the floor with a black cloth and then i got uh an old office chair for my friend and then we just put her on her back on the ground and i shot spotlights on either side of her and then he just shook her back and forth while i was filming from on top of her and then oh yeah, well, that's cool just, yeah it, i was it, happy with that yeah it came out. it's it's a very well well done like i wouldn't have thought that was just kind of a self-produced Thing. like even you know just a cgi like it looks like it's a kind of a more upper scale more expensive video so yeah good on you for yeah. inputting your creativity you know that far too that's awesome thanks yeah yeah seeing that cgi spaceship i was just like oh my god this is yeah. so cool <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go back and, and watch that now because it's been a few months and yeah it's just kind of takes me back to when I first saw that. Yeah, so to kind of, you know, wrap things up here, what are what are you kind of hoping to accomplish here in the coming year, you know, either personally or as a band? I know it's been a weird few years, and maybe you haven't even been able to do nearly as much as you kind of hoped for um, the last album. So what's kind of on the horizon? You mentioned you, you're already working on on next batch of songs. Yeah, yeah, I think in the time from when, like, we finished up Sunbreather to when sunbreather officially came out like in february i had written the next album maybe like minus a song so i didn't do the 40 50 60 song process i usually do and they just were coming so like i never stopped writing once sunbreather stopped i just kept going i didn't take a break and because the songs were flowing i was like i don't i can't do another six years like if they're coming i just need to keep pumping and pushing at them so I got 12 songs and I just took the last year, like getting input from friends and working out ideas and like rewriting choruses. Cause th- I did rewrite the choruses for all these songs, like four or five different times. Mm. And so I, I, I found the final chorus like 
two weeks ago or something. Too. Oh, nice. That's... Yeah, it was bugging me for a year, and I finally got it. <laughs> <laughs> that felt really good. Yeah. So are you saying there's going to be a new Full Star album this year, or will it not be yeah. until? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it'll be fully out this year. Because this time around, like, I really want to just really release the majority of the songs as singles, which hurts my heart because I am such a fan of just hearing the album all at once at the first time. Yeah. And like, that's why I record it. Like, that's the format I want it to be listened to. And that's why it takes so long figuring out the track order. So releasing singles totally ruins that because it goes out of order and it's people are tired of the songs by the time the full record gets out. Like, cause then you get the record, you skip the singles cause you've already heard them. Yeah. So but, why, why would you go with that format then? Um, I, I just feel like it's always the songs that you release as singles that ha- have the most, um, plays on streaming, like, mm. or YouTube, like no matter what, like even if, cause I thought some of the songs from Sunbreather were better, or just as good, if not better, than some of the singles we put out for the album. But I just wanted more of a diverse um, spread of songs for the singles because we did like five singles or something like that. But like, still, like some of my favorite ones, since they're lower on the record, they yeah. will never get as much playtime. So I'm like, I, as much as I hate it, like really, really hate it, I just feel like it'd be better to give each song a shot to be listened to <laughs> yeah that's that's fair i mean there's nothing wrong with with trying that too i mean yeah i'm the same i'm an album person but i i know you kind of sometimes have to adapt to where things are at and i mean you never know what what a single can do versus an album and so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's okay to do that as well yeah so i it'll be done like i'm doing it uh crowdfund this month so I'll, I'll shoot the video for it like this week i think and then our crowdfund will start middle of february okay awesome look forward to seeing so, that yeah so hopefully yeah. that'll pay for everything and it'll it'll come out on face down i'm pretty sure and then hopefully singles will start, start coming out in the fall yeah so, right on yeah any yeah. are you guys hoping to do any shows this year i know you kind of did a little mini tour a few months back yeah we're going to germany again oh nice hopefully covid doesn't stop it this time yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um we're talking about doing another tour um, in the fall, but I don't know. I guess, I mean, you got kids. Lot. Maybe the other guys have responsibilities too. Does that make it obviously more more challenging to really yeah. commit to that kind of stuff, hey? Yeah, and the most we can go out is seven days like with our jobs and our kids. Yeah. And, like, so if we do one, it would be like late October, early November, probably with the undertaking again. Okay. I don't know. Someone who else is down to go yeah 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 awesome well anything else uh you want to say before we uh wrap it up here um no thanks for liking the music and oh, caring like yeah i really appreciate you just interviewing it's awesome yeah well it's i mean yeah like i said fall star has been a band that's you know underrated I mean, you know maybe that's just because it's a, a smaller band or a face down or i don't know it just and you know, I, I've been around the music long enough to know that there's a lot of really good music that just doesn't get recognition because you know, for one, right now there's just so much out there. People have access to everything, and so I love getting to use this platform to kind of showcase bands that I think are really cool and that other people should hear. So I hope uh, you'll get some new fans out of this, and if nothing else, at least uh, we got to hang out for a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, and that's really encouraging. Yeah, I appreciate it a lot. Yeah.